good. Be good. Out of the way, Gertie. Let me see. Oh, God. Elliot. What? Elliot. I Elliot, taught him how to talk now. Elliot, he can talk now. Elliot. Look what he Elliot, brought up here all by himself. Elliot. What's Elliot, he need this stuff for? E.T. Can you say that? Can you say E.T.? E.T. E.T. Ha ha! E.T. 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 Be good. Be good. I taught him that too. You should give him his dignity. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Phone. Phone? He said phone? He said phone. Can't you understand English? He said phone. Home. You're right. That's E.T.'s home. E.T. Home phone. E.T. Phone home. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. He wants to call somebody. E.T. Phone home. Home. E.T. phone home? E.T. phone home. And they'll come? Come. Home. (laughs) Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Make my day. Let's take me, boy, huh? That's Brad. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Brad. Wonderful. <clears throat> this is Facing Off. I am your mint co-host, Nick. This is my penis-breathed co-host, hey, Gabe. Hey, dude. <laughs> Excuse me. And like you. I said, we are facing off a podcast in which we compare, contrast, and rate two movies with similar plots or similar directors or the same director or the same actors or some other stretches of the like some similarity we can find between them. Hey, man. Right? We build bridges, baby. We build bridges. Yep, we build them. We don't burn them. We build them. What up, Nick? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, man. I got my blueberry coffee, as is now customary. Mm. Uh, nice, dude. For... I had my vanilla nut coffee. <laughs> oh, bet that. Bet it was extra nut. Oh, extra nut. Come <laughs> home. Uh, yeah, man. Dude. Uh, what is today's super episode? excited to do these movies. What are we doing? E.T. The extraterrestrial. The extraterrestrial and Super 8. Uh, quick shout out as we always do in real life. I want to give a shout out to all the doctors and scientists and healthcare professionals and essential business owners and the proactive governors who are doing their job and protecting all of us. I will say in sci-fi movies, I want to give a big boo to all scientists, government and military people. <laughs> True. They're all fucking horrible in science they fiction movies. They are often the antagonist yeah believe it or not true that i hey, wonder why i don't know 
I think we just have a distrust of the government <laughs> and military Maybe. and fucking science. Uh, yo, <laughs> do you have a synopsis for each of these movies so that I people do. that haven't seen them somehow um, we didn't can get, know do what we get happened? any? Do we get any emails or anything? We got no emails. No, we got nothing. All right, we'll just jump right into it. Screw I thought it. that someone said no, no, no. I'll talk about something later. It looked like yeah. you were looking out your window, like something was happening out there. Dude, I was searching for a better future. I don't know, dude. I was doing very well today. I had my vitamins this morning. I was feeling healthy. Mm. I was on a run. Came within six inches being crapped on by a bird today, dude. Whoa! Holy you got to cross your lucky stars sometimes, bird man. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm glad you didn't because I wouldn't want to be looking at your face with a bunch of poop on it. True. Thanks. Me either. I wouldn't want to feel it on my face, the poop. Um, All right. Super 8 versus E.T. We've chosen these two movies because they're both about benevolent aliens who other people think might not be benevolent, but they're benevolent. Yeah. So it's all good. Super 8 is a story of a group of young aspiring zombie film auteurs who accidentally capture a train accident that releases a secret government imprisoned alien being in a small Ohio town. Casual. Happens every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Our young auteurs led by... Is that how you pronounce that? Auteur? Auteurs. Auteur? Yeah. Auteurs. Led by Joe and Alice uncover clues about the alien. An intelligent being that can deeply connect with the psyches of the people it touches with its tentacles, just like Meryl Streep. Joe rescues Alice from the monster and reconciles his differences with his father before the town watches in awe as the monster rebuilds his ship and flies home, escaping the military forces that, as you were saying before, are just, like, really criminal, and started a raging brush fire before storming the town in pursuit of what is basically Puff the Magic Electromagnetic Telepathic Alien. Uh, Lens flare, lens flare, exposition, lens flare. That's the plot. (laughs) Yeah, e. little did most people know that Meryl Streep actually played the alien in Super 8. Super versatile actress. It's based on her. She yeah. can touch the psyches of America with her tentacles. True. E.T. Like is the story of, of a, how do you not know the basic plot of E.T.? Yeah. Like, you know what he does. Do he homes phone. <laughs> E.T. homes phone. Yeah. He homes phone. He phones home. Come. E.T. phones home. He comes because he's stuck here after his alien boys accidentally leave him behind. When E.T. stumbles into the home of a suburban family with clear father abandonment issues, Elliot, his brother, and a tiny Drew Barrymore must help E.T. to build a communication device and call the boys back to the yard. E.T. The boys are back in the yard. (laughs) E.T. grows ill, however, and almost dies before Elliot revives him using the connection they share once E.T. touches him consensually. Ooh. Elliot is helped by a man that E.T. visited. I think actually Elliot was under the age of consent. Thank you, but... Oof. Oof. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Stumbled into well, you put that dangerous joke territory. In there. <laughs> I did. Elliot is helped by a man that ET visited back when the man was younger, and that's just in there. Um, oh, I but for- yeah. Oh, that's what Keys is talking about. Yeah, and then everyone oh. bids ET a tearful goodbye as he and the alien boys get back in their spaceship whip and they fly away. Boom! 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 I, I actually didn't have a real song there, but it would have been sick if there was some send-off <laughs> music that wasn't John Williams in that part. Dude, E.T.'s just... alien boy is just leaving behind. Although I did read in the trivia that E.T. is uh, actually neither male nor female and is many millions of years old. So, you holy know. crap! And I don't know, man. Maybe in the same universe as Star Wars. 
Possibly. That's true. They, he's so, in Phantom Menace. Yeah, we've, we've, we've chosen actually, these two movies because they, they are about like a benevolent alien that people don't really know is benevolent. And also both aliens can like make a, a connection with a person mm-hmm. psychic, psych, psychically. Yeah. It's all very scientific. I don't want to mm-hmm. get into it right now just by touching them. Yeah, um, I also think it's so. good to do this because you're taking um, – it's like Spielberg, one of Spielberg's classic original movies, uh, compared with one of the movies that was inspired by E.T. Like Super Eight is essentially yeah. a tribute to E.T. and the other works of Spielberg by J.J. Abrams, who um, is essentially like a mentee of uh, Spielberg. Who so and many people don't know this. His first name um, stands for Jar Jar. Yeah, it's Jar Jar Abram, for sure. <laughs> uh, cool. We are going to break these two movies down using five categories and a rating scale of one to seven for each of the categories, one being lowest, four being the middlest or average or neutral, and seven being highest, greatest, all-knowing being. Most uh, enormous, is. largest, most omnipotent. Yeah, ginormous. Uh, cool. Our categories. Here will be the order. I forgot to tell you this ahead of time because That's I never right. do this and it's really fun. I can adapt. Yeah. Spectacularity, originality, eye candy, actoring, legacy. Ooh, hmm. did he shuffle it around on you Interesting. guys? Yeah, he did. Okay. All right. Let's start it off with spectacularity which is a category where we talk about the engagement level of the movie and whether you were bored and worried about runtime or if you were super engaged and involved with the movie and and at the edge of your seat in every moment. Let's start with E.T., the extraterrestrial. Nick, what do you think about it in terms of spectacularity? I thought it was... I mean, like, E.T. is... Sorry, I have a little indigestion. Mmm. Okay, E.T., is almost perfect. Yeah. I mean, it is widely regarded as like a perfect movie, but to me, it's almost perfect. I didn't find it to be fully engaging because there, there's like a, there's a really interesting like pacing. There's some interesting pacing choices, I think, in E.T. that I don't know if they like totally gel with me. So I gave it a six and not a seven. Whoa. But, but emotionally, it's obviously criminal. uh, It's obviously very impactful. I just think you find out a lot about E.T., really really fast true and then the rest of the movie like there are little lines where he's like yeah yeah you know we have like a psychic bond it's like chill whatever and it's just (laughs) like (laughs) they're just like a lot of stuff is like yeah no he can he can do this and it's like wait what we didn't see him do that i I don't know so uh, that those little things take me out of it and like um, I will talk about this as we go on, but this movie frightened the bejesus out of me as a child for some reason. So I hated it for years until I rewatched it four days ago. And now I really like it because I understand why it's so great. But, you know, that was in the back of my head the whole time I was watching it. So it kind of ruined the spectacularity for me. In a sense, I gave it a six, not a seven. I think I could be convinced. That's still really well above average. Uh, Listen, I wasn't that excited about doing these episodes. I'd always loved E.T. growing up. I didn't realize how amazing this movie is and how it holds up and how it just essentially is the magic of filmmaking and how Spielberg is like an absolute wizard. 
And I will admit this on here. I straight up cried while watching this movie yesterday. I don't know if quarantining has like gotten to me or if this movie is just absolutely beautiful. But I gave it a seven because I was so fully engaged. I was texting Nick the whole time just like in amazement of how good it was. I got to say one of the reasons probably for me crying was that John Williams is the absolute goat of making film scores. Absolutely. It's, it is one of the best scores of all time, and I'm so happy that he won um, for it, as the composer for it. Um, yeah. It really got to me. I felt so invested in every scene. I think the story is very fascinating and nice and beautiful, and I think the kids are all really entertaining. Um, I Doesn't also John think that... Willi- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. What, what's up? Doesn't John Williams insert a little bit of his Star Wars... Uh, it sounds a little bit like Star Wars. It's like I think that I read that he inserts some of Yoda's theme into the score of ET oh, when you see sense. Yoda, very very briefly. It's like a little like number that's that's like embedded in the oh that's cool. beautiful the yeah beautiful it definitely score felt like almost like an extension of his score for Star Wars. But I honestly like I, mean, I think phenomenal. this is his best score of all time. It's, like, um, it's amazing. I also think it's really funny, and I wasn't expecting it to be that funny. Everything with Drew Barrymore talking is so cute and funny. Dude, and when E.T. is just going around the house, when E.T. is just walking around the house, you know, causing a ruckus, burping, farting, and just learning, <laughs> yeah, it is an amazing scene. And then he starts, like, affecting Elliot in school, and it's really fun. Um, yeah. I don't really... I think you could be scared of E.T. growing up until you see E.T. all dressed up by Gertie. And then it's like, he's the cutest thing I've ever seen. And he won't stop saying E.T. phone home. And Elliot's like, shut up. Shut up, (laughs) E.T. I love everything in the Halloween sequence. I think the Halloween scenes are so fun to watch. Um, the spa- Dude, and then the movie gets really terrifying, and not because of E.T., because of the government. The people, when they when the people walk in in the spacesuits, and it just mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere, the way that that is, like, choreographed is so cool. And then the people are, like, walk marching on the horizon is, yeah. like, epic. It's very, like, it's almost horror movie-esque. I yeah. do have an issue with the E.T. gets a small child drunk uh, from yeah. afar, psychically scene. Yeah, it's It's very out of... Uh, no, 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 not that, not that part. Little kids can, never mind. Little kids I can think straight that... <laughs> up slam booze, dude. <laughs> <laughs> little kids, little kids can make connections with aliens, and then the alien gets drunk, and then the kid feels the effects of the alcohol. That's fine. And that's the part where he like where Elliot kisses the tall girl, and oh, it's just yeah. like it's just like so. I don't know. It's like a little over the top for me. It's a that, weird that scene. scene yeah, I agree with that. Um, I apparently, do say the, apparently the actor that plays Elliot was like really nervous in that scene. It took like a really long time for them to get it too, which makes me just like, well, why didn't you just, why did you even do it? I, I know. Yeah. Like why did you just force me. him to just do that? Me. Just a little thing. I get that. That's fair. I think you have to bring that in. I will say the ending bike scene, the bike chase is so epic and I love oh, it. Yeah. Um, I honestly just don't see how there's anything not to like besides like maybe little things. The movie is great and it's less than two hours and Ja feel that. Okay. Uh, let's move on to six and a seven. Yeah. I gave it a seven. Of course. Um, super eight spectacularity. What did you give it? Okay. I changed this one a couple times. I ended up with a, I ended up landing on a four. Ooh. Okay. I think it's a fun ride, but it bums me out that we don't see the monster enough. We only see it for three minutes. You mean General Grievous? 
Yeah, it does look like General Grievous. It looks exactly Didn't even like think General about Grievous. that. Yeah. Great. Uh, <laughs> it, it does That does add to the suspense, kind of, but I, I gave it an average score because it bothers the crap out of me that there's just this one scene that explains the whole mystery of the monster and the basically the plot of the movie with exposition are you it's talking lame. about the like documentary scene yes essentially? Yeah, yeah where they where small children discover yeah documentary you know it's another movie that inexplicably does that? made it's you know it's another like, movie that does that and everyone just like passes over it and is like this movie's the best movie ever made logan there's literally a scene in the movie logan where it's like a perfectly mm. edited documentary is in the middle of it that explains everything yeah that's a lazy thing for me I and totally it makes agree. even less sense in this movie about the government Government tracking down a, an escaped alien that they have kept like in enclosed until this moment and then small children discover the footage and they make the link and then they know that the being is probably subterranean because it says in the footage that it's a subterranean creature <laughs> i'm yeah. like well, the military didn't they made the documentary or like they I mean, I guess they it's were made involved by the guy in that, the documentary. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, and it's made by the guy that, like, you know, is removed and like now teaches biology at their high school. It's just like too much exposition and too far fetched, and it just pulls me out of it to the point that I think it's just a preposterous plot because of that scene. I think those are really like fair points. I mean, I okay, so I was hovering around a four. Um, I will, I will say this. You can hook me into any movie if you start it in a factory with a board that says days without incident or whatever and change it to one. That's <laughs> automatically an, a super emotional thing. I'm going to get involved. It's a very random thing. You're I don't like, think what there's happened? anything. I, I don't know. They never really explain that. Um, it sounds gnarly. Yeah, it's probably disturbing. I don't think that there's anything not to like about this movie. I think there are things that are bothersome, but I think it's a really enjoyable movie. I think the yeah, story is weird enough to stay engaged. I think all the kids are really good actors and really fun to watch. Um, I also think this has a really underratedly amazing soundtrack, and even the score is really it's good. It's pretty good, yeah. Um, I, I love the part when they're singing My Sharona. Apparently... Uh, J.J. Abrams originally wanted them to just be talking before Alice shows up, and then they were singing Offset or whatever, My Sharona, together, and he's like, okay, I got to put this in the movie. And I Dude, thought that, that was hilarious. That song is low-key fire emoji, fire it's emoji, so fire good, emoji. It's so good, dude. I it love rips. that song. Um, I will tell you this. This is, this is why the movie gets a five for me instead of a four. In the second half of the movie... Things just start ramping up very quickly, and I'm very engaged. Like, the bus scene is absolutely okay. terrifying, and then it's, yeah. like, out of nowhere, it's, like, vaguely a kid's movie. It's kind of like a young adolescent movie, and then some straight-up gory horror shit happens on that bus, and then it leads to an absolute war in the suburbs, baby, and it goes zero to 100 real quick. Yeah, and then I, I didn't... It's very kind of subtle that you're like, why are they all shooting? And it's because the monster has like electromagnetic powers, I yep. think. And it's it's like making everything go haywire and mm -hmm. fire. 
So it's like this huge things are just like, like exploding everywhere. Yeah, chaotic yeah. battle scene. It's basically just the military malfunctioning. Dude, Again, I also found... you didn't know the monster had electromagnetic abilities. Yeah, you you had him, him locked up. You studied him, bro. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, I I want to say I do think the movie is pretty funny too. Kind of like ET. I think everything with the guy who wants to get with Charles's sister that like develops a film for them is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's like, I could get back into disco. Yeah, uh, and then he's listening to disco later. But I love the part when he's like, just so you guys know. I am massively stoned right now. (laughs) And then he's like asleep and they're trying to wake him up. And Martin's like, oh my God, drugs are so bad. I was dying of laughter in that. So I I don't like how the movie's all resolved. I think the ending is really fucking stupid, but I am very engaged until then. So I think it's like slightly above average for me. Okay, that's fair enough. Five and a four uh, for that. Let's move on to our next category, originality. Originality is where we talk about how creative the movie is, whether it needed to be made, uh, whether it stands out in its genre. I actually, I was going to start with Super 8, but I kind of want to start with E.T. because E.T. is the thing that inspired Super 8. Yeah. So no, why don't we talk about E.T.? What did you think about its it. originality? Our score of anyone is keeping track is 13 to 11 E.T. I'm going to try and keep score oh, that's as pretty we cool. go this time. Um, we're starting with E.T., yeah? Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, we right. switched the order. So E.T., originality. originality. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. I started no, no, reading, I messed that up for you. I should have told I you. I started looking at the wrong things, and then I was trying to do math. Everything's just really hard, dude. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, E.T., man, you're smart. Dude, E.T., I am. I'm the, I'm the youngest, smartest man that's ever lived. That's true. I turned, dude, I'm almost 30. So sad. I E.T. Know. is the OG. Pathetic. It's one of the... I get it that it's one of the best movies of all time. I hate that I hated it when I was a kid. I'm really sorry. I've already... Uh, it's I've, okay. The, I've already absolved the my The Guild sins. of E.T. Lovers welcomes I, you with open you. arms. Okay? Thank we, you. We forgive uh, you. It was just gross and nasty to me as a kid, and I really hated the alien, and I can't really tell you why. I just know I missed out. It's obviously a seven. Yeah. Okay. Originality speaking, this is one of the most original movies ever made. Mm-hmm. It is, there had been alien movies before, for sure. But think about how movies many about movies children. are based off of this movie because of how original it is. It's about, it was based on an imaginary friend that Steven Spielberg had after his parents got divorced in the 60s, which is incredibly sad, but also... Sad. Tiniest violin in the world playing yeah. right <laughs> But also, it's like, Steven Spielberg is straight up a <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> and I could b- vaguely hear it. Um, he's a fucking wizard. It's not based on anything. This movie's not based on any like previous material. He just no. came up with this amazing story that weaves with like all these he, different he characters. He partly wrote it while on set for another movie too, right? Yeah. 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 It's wild. Dude, it's, wild. It, it's the spiritual autobiography of Steven Spielberg's like early childhood. And I fucking love that. And it's yeah. so emotional. It's considered one of the greatest movies of all time. It's like AFI Top 100. It's very high yeah. up there. Um, I got to point out this. If we're going to talk about things that are creative about it, with so many movies having monsters that are so similar in their CGI desi- design and stupid, like the Super 8 monster and like Cloverfield monster and like the Quiet Place monsters, I just love how unique They're- and gross but lovable E.T. is. Yeah. I think it's a really cool looking alien, and, and it's, it's a not fucking been hilarious done idea. like that before. Even though he sounds like a uh, 
uh, water ballooned full of hot diarrhea when he walked. <laughs> Dude. His, so his face was molded after a poet named Carl Sandburg, Albert Einstein, and a pug dog. Give it a seven for that. That is so <laughs> that amazing. That's all you need. Dude, and we'll talk about later the the how the voice was created because it's yeah. one of the funniest things. It, it is things. nice. I will say you made a great point. It is nice to, to go back to a time when not all of the monsters looked like some hideous combination. Beefed of, up like uh, CGI like Beefed up. Like spiders mixed with Gen- the face of General Grievous and he's Darth Vader. Fat. He's also like this. ET brings no harm to you, and is no. also telekinetic and empathetic. Telekinempathetic or something. Em- empathic. Empathic. Yeah, that's it, dude. I also love. I just love that. I think the fact that they have him connecting with Elliot is such a fascinating and original idea, and I think it really works for this movie. Um, it's a yeah, seven. It's, it's like it's very yeah. It's beautiful in a way. So I mean, that's two sevens. What about Super Eight? Okay, I'm hovering between a three and a four right now. Okay, so slightly below average or average. I think that it's a it is a cool mix of a lot of different movies it's like et meets cloverfield and stranger things and it before we had stranger things and it um mm-hmm. well at least well, it, the movie we, we had right. the book um, well we know we had the original it that's true and that that sucked okay so i won't say it but it <laughs> before we had stranger things and i do think super eight was like a lot more like stranger things than E.T. it's just like scary murder et and with explosions yeah I will say kids on bikes movies are just low key essential to society. (laughs) We we need to protect them at all costs. (laughs) If we were going to start like burning, if we had an archive of movies and we were moving on, like we were in like Hitler's world or whatever. And we started like burning uh, art. Please fucking protect kids on bikes movies. Kids on bikes. Uh, I do. I do think that the the world be without kids on bikes. (laughs) Kids. Um, I do think the movie is kind of like a creative take on what we'd seen before. So I do really respect that. I I don't think it's. it's, I I gave it a four because I think it is creative. Like I think I I might move to that. I also I I, I love this. It's nerdy kids making like making film. While simultaneously, this fucking crazy sci-fi thing starts happening in the background of their film. I, I do love that part of it, that it is about these little kids that that just want to be, just, just want to make a rad zombie flick, dude. Yeah. Do you know the story of, like, why J.J. Abrams is, like, close with Spielberg? No. So, so. Do you want to tell it now? So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could tell that this movie was just about like a, it's like a nerdy movie director, J.J. Abrams, who grew up watching Spielberg movies and wanted to make his own. And I really admire that. I actually don't like, I wouldn't punish him for that, even if it's really derivative. But I, I found this note. So I said, whoa. Um, as teenagers, J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves, the guy who made Cloverfield and the Planet of the Apes movies, the new ones, and who's doing the Batman, um, were, they were hired as teenagers by Spielberg to restore his old Super 8 home movies. And like, because they were like big nerds who loved Super 8 stuff. And, and a lot of Super 8 is kind of based off of J.J. Abrams' life to a certain degree. I mean, I think a lot of it is kind of like crazy, but it's yeah. the main character, Joe, is supposed to be a lot like him. Or yeah. maybe Charles. I don't know. 
But I just love that. And I love that it's awesome to see Spielberg's influence on multiple directors who are making big names for themselves. I mean, J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves are two of like the most sought after sci-fi slash like action uh, movie directors around right now. And I think that's awesome. I do think that they wrote themselves into a wall with that ending, though. The ending is preposterously stupid. I hate it so much. Tell me more about that. Why? (laughs) I didn't think it was that stupid. Okay, straight up, the alien is eating people in that cave, picks up people, chucks them across the cave to their death. and Your boy's got a snack. And then Joe just goes, I get you, okay? It's me (laughs) and you here. We care. We want you to be free. And then the alien, like, figures out how to be free and escapes, and everyone is like, watching the alien leave and like crying tears of joy it's like dude a lot of people died your town is absolutely devastated and destroyed it's like a tiny town there's also a massive government started brush fire ravaging the hillside yeah i it's just (laughs) a stupid i think the end is really dumb and i i don't respect okay you're right but i'm gonna give it a four i'm gonna move up i'm gonna give it a four so we've got uh that's uh 14 to eight in that category. Cool. Um, which, uh, yeah, brings us to the, what, 27 to 19. So, so Wow, far. you are so impressive with your math. I um, have so much. Ma- Dude, I had uh, a good amount of B vitamins before this. Oh, man. Your brain is just operating on I'm, levels uh, basically uh, hitherto that, undreamt of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically that I've been trying brain. to use hitherto undreamt of I'm, in <laughs> any sentence possible since seeing... Uh, Avengers. Uh, unfathomable cosmic power, itty bitty living space. Nick, let's move on to eye candy and you can start this off. Let's start with Super 8. Eye candy is where we just talk about the visual elements of the movie. Okay, I'm going to get controversial. Okay. I gave it a 6. No, that's not controversial. It will be soon. Super 8 is full of lens flares that look stupid sometimes, but I'm okay with it because the monster looks good and it's believable and scary looking and kind of human-like in enough ways for me to be like, oh yeah, yeah. I see why people hated that, but it's probably a nice guy. Um, the explosions are really over the top, but it really works and it's intentional and it, it feels like an 80s movie in that regard, that it's like purposefully over the top. Like the train... Uh, derailment like crash sequence Mm -hmm. Abrams intentionally made it way over the top to be reminiscent of like 80s action movies yeah or I don't know it's got the stranger dude if he's making a passion project he should have as much fun as possible doing it. yeah it's got this like stranger things vibe to it that Mm -hmm. just works before stranger things worked and man do stranger things work usually yeah I, I, I respect that. I mean, I so I'm pretty picky when it comes to eye candy because I care a lot about like cinematography and how the effects look. And I, I'm going to give it a five, slightly above average. I think I really like the way the movie is shot. I like how the camera moves. I think there are some cool shots that kind of focus in on the characters and you could really empathize with the characters. And I think that's actually a very difficult thing to do that yeah. both cinematographers do really well. Um, I also think it's really cool that it's like a, a cool juxtaposition of having like a digitally enhanced movie 
while these kids are making Super 8 films. Like yeah. the kids that grew up making Super 8 films later would make these big budget movies. And I think that works really well. There's yeah, something kind of called meta. blocking that I've l- recently learned about. So Akira Kurosawa is like really well known for doing this. Blocking is basically um, how the how the characters move within the frame. And so sometimes like Akira Kurosawa makes it really narrow where there's like five characters on frame. But he makes certain characters move so that your eye will look at – he's like manipulating your eye based on character movement within a very small frame. And J.J. Abrams does it really well when the train starts crashing and it's showing them on the hillside watching it. Um, and I think that it's really impressive. Mm, or whoever yeah. the cinematographer is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I fucking his his lens flares are like out of control in this movie. They are like, so over the top. I, and if anyone doesn't know what a lens flare is, just watch Super Eight and you will know. Anytime, yeah, or watch just, Star Trek. Just watch the the scene right before the train crashes. Yeah, it is the most absurd. Like they're literally like two or three big blue streaks just across the screen. It's so obnoxious. And you're like, is my TV broken? Or Oh, no. Dude, it looks Abrams. so weird. Um, I, I, Did you notice this? He does this in Star Trek also. I really like the way that he shows the characters during action scenes. It's like the camera goes below them and diagonally. And so they're like, they look diagonal on the screen and they look like, because they're so big, because it's coming from below them, you can really tell their emotions. I, that's awesome. And it's something I really like that J.J. Abrams does. So I really, th- and I think it's like half practical Spielberg effects in production design and half CGI. And I respect that. Um, but the alien, I think the alien looks really dumb. I don't even know who the fuck comes up with these kind of aliens. Like, how do you even like, what is your thought process of like, oh, that's what he's going to look like? Um, I don't, I don't know. know. I've always, see, I kind of, I think that the monster is fine looking. I understand that it looks like other monsters, aliens, whatever. Um, but I think he's cool looking. Yeah. Okay. I think that That's there's, fair. I think it's interesting that it, it like has, like it builds things. It's like, yeah. Okay. Of, no, no. I, I like the design, the ideas about the ship and everything. It's personified uh, in a way that mo- other monsters aren't really personified typically. They're typically just like smash and grab type of, you know, movie monsters. And this is like the same kind of smash and grab movie monster, but also, you know, he's sophisticated, yeah. sophisticated and capable of making, you know, electromagnetic disruptor. Yeah. I think stuff. some of that goes into know. like originality it's for like me instead of eye candy. Cause I am. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, okay. Let's talk about ET. Um, yeah, uh, I gave it a five. Uh, okay, I, let me let me school you on this. All right, rip me apart. <laughs> no, Dad. I'm not gonna rip you apart. <laughs> I was thinking it would have been a five. This movie is one of the most impressive visual movies I've ever seen, and I and I am so shocked by that. I I legitimately thought it was gonna be slightly above average and it was gonna age poorly. I gave it a seven. The set designs are like unbelievable. There's some of the most memor I can remember every single way that every scene looks, the way the forest looks, the way it looks when the aliens show up, the inside of their ship, the the suburbs, um every the inside of the house. Dude, the budget for this movie was 10 million dollars. To be able to balance that amount of cast members, extras, 
uh, practical effects and production design is fucking unbelievable uh, for $10 million. He's the absolute God. master of budgets. You know this from Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, stuff like that. Spielberg is a genius. Also, beloved cinematographer Alan Daviau, um, who just passed away from coronavirus last week, which is uh, is like absolutely sad. He was in his 70s, yeah. and he's a legend. That. That's really sad. Um, he Great was nominated place. for this, and I really respect that. Um, he just makes you feel like you're in an interactive theme park ride. And I'll yeah, talk about it later because the ride itself <clears throat> is so fucking fun for each. Did you give it a seven? I gave it a seven. Dude, here's one thing that I love. Everything, almost every part of the movie is shot at eye level so that you are empathetic to the kids in E.T. And that is brilliant cinematography. Okay, fine. I I gave it a six. You're right. Dude, the misty backyard at the beginning. So there's a joke that Alan Davio is like, there's a battle between James Cameron and Steven Spielberg of who's going to use more smoke and mist in their movies. <laughs> I fucking love how they do the backyard at the beginning. Sorry, okay. go ahead. No, no. I, I'm going to move it up to a six because of what I talk about in Legacy. So I just wasn't connecting those. I just, E.T., I, I, I guess I'll talk about this here. I don't know what it was about him as a kid that freaked me so far out. It looks like, like a tootsie I was roll. So freaked out as a kid by this stupid little squishy monster. And I don't really know why i think maybe it's how disgusting he looks when he's like sick and he's starting to like wrinkle up like a white dog turd is pretty, he does look like a white dog it looks like a white dog turd i got dude. a belly like, full of white dog turd <laughs> shit and now you lay this shit on me i don't i also like obviously this is called eye candy not like ear chocolate but it's the sound that it makes is disgusting Dude, they made the sound by like filling up bags with sand and jello and just being like Dude, they used like 50 things to make the sound of his voice. It's so Dude, fucking funny. Why does the way that he walks sound like he has squishy poopies in his diaper? He doesn't have a diaper. Why does it sound like that? Dude, Dude? he's like a slippery, he's a slippery little tootsie roll, baby. That's the Like why does it sound like like I think he looks delicious. Why does it sound like bags of diarrhea, dude? I don't understand. I get you. I get you. Is he covered in poop? Dude, did you Is think... he covered in poop? No. Did okay. you think any of it aged poorly visually? No. Honestly, if anything, it aged in a way that makes you just feel nostalgic. And I love that. I think maybe it was his hands that freaked me out as a kid. Dude. Oh, I got to bring it up again. The shot of the horizon and the scientists marching on the horizon is so epic. It's like that is... I guarantee you when they made Armageddon, they were just copying that <laughs> I was scene. just about to say, it looks like the scene in Armageddon. Yeah. Do absolutely. you know that most of the high school or uh, the school scenes were filmed at Culver City High School? Really? Right Would down the street, baby. All right. So your Super 8 was a 5. Mine was a 6. That's an 11 in this category. You're giving Super 8 the same as E.T. An absolute classic visual. I'm not done. And I'm actually going to go ahead and put E.T. at a 7 at this point. <laughs> Oh, I just bullied you up from a five to a seven. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. This, is, you're this right. is why we have a podcast, and I'm really happy about it. Sometimes you, well, you flipped my right, one of mine. I moved up earlier because of you. I have, I think, right? No, you've done. You've actually, I think, you've moved mine more than I've moved yours. 
Okay, so we're at 41 to 30. We're talking penises, by the way. Where we have moved our penises. All right, let's talk about our next 30. category. Let's talk about actoring. All right, sounds good, penis breath. Um, <laughs> actoring is where we talk eight? about the performances and whether the um, <clears throat> actors did really well and if the directors and writing or writers gave them the tools that they needed to act really well. So let's start with E.T. E.T., okay. E.T. Um, I think that the ch- child actors in E.T. are really good. I think they're better than the Super 8 child actors, slightly. But the adults have less to do. Yeah. Like, Elliot's mom is believable, sort of. But, like, so there's a couple things in the 80s that we need to highlight here. Kids on bikes, didn't realize that. Kids on bikes, save the kids on bikes. So essential. Please, this, protect those this movies epi- at this all This episode of Facing Off is brought to you by brought Kids to you on by Bikes. Go to kidsonbikes.com slash facing off to enter in promo code facing off. But also this episode is brought to you by Clueless Moms from the 80s because Clueless Moms from the 80s are so incredibly 80s. Yeah. None of the moms in the 1980s could have peripheral vision Mm -hmm. or infer information or focus on details or uh, see clearly. Uh, They're all idiots. Clueless moms from the 80s. The kid, the mom in the ET is so clueless, dude. She's an idiot. I, uh, she just doesn't see him. But she's good at being a clueless 80s mom. Yeah. So, like, I gave it a six because I don't think there's anyone that's bad in the movie. But, I mean, there's kid actors. There's some lines that are like, okay, that's not how you'd say that. That's true. I, uh, so if you're keeping track so far, I, ET had a perfect score for me. I am also going to give it a six, as I did with Back to the Future. And I think it's only fair with something that is slightly campy to a certain degree to knock down the actoring a little bit, especially for for me and you who are so picky yeah. about acting. Um, and you especially for like child child actors. And, and I fucking hate child actors. I, I, I get very mad about them. But, <laughs> I mean, this is probably the best child acting movie of all time. Like, I, I yeah. don't even, because of the uh, amount yeah. of them. Henry Thomas and Drew Barrymore are absolutely, like, classic, great child actors. I think Henry Thomas, it, like, I think Henry Thomas, because we've nominated, like, Jacob Tremblay and Kevin Wallace or whatever, I think Henry Thomas should have been nominated for sure for this. For Yeah, I think so, well, too. Well, no, he would have been th- in the lead actor category, so maybe not. But he'd be close. Dude, mm. did you hear about Drew Barrymore kept forgetting her lines one day and Steven Spielberg yelled at her? And yeah, what because he just got really frustrated they had to keep doing it and he had a small budget. And then he found out later that she had a high fever. And then he just like apologized over and over and over again to her as she was like crying. And then he hugged her and he sent her her home with like a director's note that she was like done for the day and the next day. And that's super cute. And I also Aww. love when Drew Barrymore goes, is he a pig? He sure eats like one. I loved it. Um, <laughs> she ad-libs a line in this movie that's like a classic line. It's escaping me right now. She does? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, it, and it's super funny. I, I don't, Dude, I also think the older kids are great. They're cooler are you, versions than the Stranger added, Things. Oh, what is the line? Oh, I should have written it down. I think the older kids are cooler than Stranger Things, It, and Super 8. Um, who are all inspired by that? Oh, it like was actually inspired by this. What the bike? The bike gang? Yeah, bike gang, dude. The part when Greg, <laughs> the character Greg, is like, 
uh, or Elliot's like, zero charisma. And he's like, sinus supremus, zero charisma, sinus supremus. I love it. There's a, <laughs> there's a funny part at the end when they're like, how do we get E.T. there? And then Greg is like, can't we just beam him up? And Elliot goes, this is reality, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, I also forgot that C. Thomas Howell is in the movie. The kid who's like pony boy in uh, yeah. Um, yeah. The Outsiders, the year after. I think Dee Wallace is amazing. She's very well. She's very famous for horror movies. The mm -hmm. uh, woman who plays the mom. The mom. Um, is she possibly the best bedtime storyteller of all time? Maybe. That I wanted her to read stories to me. That was maybe incredible. she's she's really bad at noticing when things are moving in her kitchen, though. Yeah, that's true. I will say I don't think the guy who plays Keys is that good, Peter Coyote. I think no, fine. I don't think so either. He's like he's a little fine. over the top. But here's the thing. I'm not blown away by the acting except for Henry Thomas. And 90% of the movie is child acting and a puppet. So I'm not going to give it a 7. No, same. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to give Super 8 a 5. Um, because Because like, it's above average, but no one's like standing out. But I do think it's impressive that pretty much everyone in the movie is a nobody except for Kyle Chandler, Elle Fanning, and one of the two fat idiots from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Everyone who's else. that? Um, what's his, uh, Charles's dad. Oh, yeah, I like that guy, actually. Yeah, he's great in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, too. He mm -hmm. plays just the big, fat, dumb idiot with a flat top. It's great. That's good. Um, uh, I just think it's impressive that they accomplished that, like this movie with a bunch of like nobodies. They're just like kids that they found that like almost universally, none of them did anything afterwards besides a couple little random things. I and, I'm and then, shocked and, that Charles, the kid who played Charles, didn't like amount to anything. I know, me he's too. Amazing. I was like, this kid's not in anything, but yeah. he's not in anything. The only people that are are Elle Fanning, Kyle Chandler, and the fat idiot from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> Elle Fanning's dad is only okay too. He, I actually had a, an issue with him. Yeah, um, I, he's as just an too actor. Pretty. He's not a. He's like a former fighter or like a no, boxer or something. He's too I, pretty to be playing that role. His eyes are. Have you looked in his eyes? It was like the first time I heard the Beatles. <laughs> I just don't. I didn't believe him as that character. He wasn't like. I I'm with you. With I, I don't know. I had an issue with him, so that's why it's not like a six. Because I do think that he's not good. Um, but I give it a five. I gave it a five as well. I do think like like Stranger Things and It, which I've mentioned way too many times in this podcast uh, for a podcast that's true, not about either of those. True, um, I think that the kids are really funny because they're nerdy and crass, and I love that. Like especially all the interactions between the kid with braces, Carrie, and then Martin, the tall like bumbling idiot like pussy one. It yeah, are fucking hilarious. He's just always messing with. He's him. one of the only ones that's actually the only actors that's actually in other stuff after this. Yeah, the the kid who plays Carrie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he looks nothing like he did in this. He's got, like, no. brown hair. Um, dude, Charles is so funny in the movie when he's like, production value! And dude, he's like, amazing. spittle coming out. I love when he goes, uh, that was mint! That was mint! Mint, um, yes. <laughs> dude, Elle Fanning is, like, ridiculously good at acting from an early age. And it's crazy dude, she's how like, her voice is. She's so much younger than almost everyone else in the movie. She showed up in this movie and straight up yammed on Dakota Fanning's entire career. Dakota yeah. Fanning's also in the movie at one moment. She is. She's in a really... She almost is like a cameo. Yeah. Besides... Besides... Um, 
Did you give it a five? Yeah. Besides the dad of Elle Fanning's character, I do love all the adult actors. I also, Noah Emmerich is in this and he's really good in The Mm -hmm. Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not great in it. I think Kyle Chandler is really, really good. And I think the scene is great, though. What? Oh, yeah. Noah Emmerich's death scene where he gets. Yeah, he's, he's like, like trying to fight him there. off and he just keeps getting pushed further back into the bus. Yeah. yeah. He's actually like trying to help the kids too. Yeah. I thought he was trying to screw them over. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, that's that seems really good. Dude, this honestly. scene, there is one really good acting scene and it's between Joe and his dad. And apparently Joe, the actor who played Joe is like really, really introverted and quiet and doesn't like yelling and they forced him to yell. And so he actually got emotional in that scene. Cause he's like not used to yelling and it's really good. It's mm-hmm. I, that kid is actually a pretty good actor. Yeah, um, definitely. So I give it a five slightly above average, nothing to complain about. Let's do legacy. Let's start with super mm-hmm. eight. Um, and going into our last category, we have a score of 53 to 40. Ooh, so. good for Super 8, damn. Um, so Legacy is where we talk about how this movie will be talked about in the history of movies and whether it's something that you think about a lot afterwards and how will it age and stuff like that. We can start with Super 8. I, I'm going to give it an average. I think it, it made a lot of money. Yeah, it, it did. It made $260 million off of a $50 million budget, um, which is surprising. It is. It was a classic summer movie. Like it was expertly released in June, and like this is like a good movie, a hot summer day, especially when you're in high school or something, and you go and like watch this. Um, I uh, it got good reviews, eighty one percent certified fresh, uh, seventy five Metacritic, um, uh, you know, a decent reviews by audience. Uh, uh, it's just a really easy movie to enjoy, but it's not gonna like age in a way where people are like, "This is a classic that I need to watch." I love this right. so much. I mean, I could give it a four, but I'm giving it a three because, despite everything you said, I think it's largely a forgettable movie. Yeah, I even looked up something, and it was like movies like Super Eight, and the first thing was like a Quora question that someone asked or whatever, and everyone's like, "Wow, that movie was so fucking forgettable." <laughs> Yeah, I just think that it's a really forgettable movie and like that I mean that's legacy to me. I know that like it it is it is a good movie and it's fun, but uh, and and generally well regarded, but I just don't think it's anything that anyone talks about. So I gave it a 3. Okay. I I I am not disagreeing with you. Um I did think that it kind of had an impact when it first came out, and I do remember liking it, but I don't think anyone was pumped that we were doing Super 8 for this podcast. No. But no I one would be mad. It's... They're like, oh, fuck that movie. It's like, it's an okay movie to rewatch. I just think that, yeah, I just think that it's funny that it matches up with E.T. because they are like, there are like little parts of them that are so similar, like that the alien has a psychic connection. It's basically with, just that J.J. Abrams child. was so inspired by E.T. and just wanted to make his own version of it. Yeah. Well, he had but he, two different but he was stories. Like, he was like, but I really want to do some explosions. I know. You know? Dude, good for him. He's, really a huge, he's a huge director now. Love him or hate him. Uh, let's talk about E.T. This one's easy. And if there's anything lower than a seven, you just don't understand what E.T. is. Uh, yeah, it's... Obviously, it's, I mean, it has to be like it's the it's, hardcore it's one of the most iconic movies. It's one of the most iconic scores. If you heard the score, you'd be like, "Yep, that's ET." Um, and that yeah. has to. It got it won best score and it won four other Oscars, mostly for its sound. So even though you hated the sounds of ET, it literally won awards for that for the way that I they know. they it set up the sound. Like this movie was nominated for nine Oscars. 
including Best Picture, and it's an it's a movie about a kid and an alien. That's awesome. And um, I was obs- <laughs> so this is what I was going to talk about. My mom wanted me to mention this, so she was like, "Do you remember that we we went on the ET ride at Universal Studios when I was a kid, and we went on it like five times because the first time I was so scared because things kind of like pop out. Yeah, but I also like my mom gets a little bit motion sick." And I, as a kid, was so scared of going on roller coasters. So she liked that. So we could go on all these kind of rides. But she took me on it multiple times because I was so scared the first time. I do remember being really scared by the government people in the trees and stuff. (laughs) I don't fuck the government, okay? Um, (laughs) But uh, I loved it, dude. This is the most classic Kids on Bikes movies. This episode is brought to you by Kids on Bikes. I mean, it is, though. It's also the most classic... Corrupt government investigating harmless aliens movie. And yeah, it just has so many scenes that other things pay homage to. Dude, even like I was thinking about how many movies do this. The Goonies, It, Stranger Things, Super 8, Three Ninjas. There was another one. Um, there was another one I saw recently that wasn't that good. Um, Summer or something. Dude, There's it so made, many. It made $793 million in the 80s on a $10 million budget. It was like it beat out Star Wars as one, as the highest grossing film ever yeah. until Spielberg just yammed on everyone again with Jurassic Park. It was and in then yammed the, again with Titanic. You know what is crazy? It has the right? longest runtime in theaters. It was in theaters yeah. for over a year. And if yeah. you don't understand how crazy that is, you don't know how, how movies stay in theaters. Yeah, I mean, inarguably, the most iconic scene in the movie is literally one of the most recognized logos of all time. Yeah, the Amblin Entertainment one. Yeah. Where they're in front of the moon. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a beautiful scene. Also, 98% from critics. I, I, I really question which critic didn't like it, and I want to shoot him in his stupid yeah. fucking face. And another Seven, scene. Oh, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say 7.8 by IMDb audience score. Yeah. Fuck all of you. Yeah, I didn't get that I just watched The Gentleman, which I loved. I thought it was great. Not a good movie. I I thought it was great in terms of entertainment. Not a good movie, necessarily. That has an eight. Fuck everyone on IMDb. (laughs) But is it one of those things where, like, so many, like, negative reviews appear over time that it drags the positive ones down? Probably. Because, like, who goes on IMDb and is like, E.T. is, like, so good. Like nobody does that. Yeah, that's true. Because it's maybe they critique it over time. You know, it's yeah. so it's decades old. Another scene that we haven't mentioned yet that is also iconic, dreamt up by my boy uh, Robbie Z. Rob Zemeckis. Yeah, dude. Is the stuffed animal scene where mm-hmm. ET's hiding amongst the stuffed animals? That's like such an iconic scene, and I was like, this is where that comes from. That's right. R- literally um, in in yeah. it's always sunny. In my favorite episode of it's always sunny when the gang gets trapped. Uh, yeah, uh, Frank does that in the uh, it's a ama- closet it's, with it, the whip. If I could give it an eight instead of a seven, I would do so. But yeah, we, we I'd give didn't... it a fucking ten. It aged so well. I love. Yeah, this movie. it does. It really Dude, does. Dude, I'm honestly, this might be one of my favorite. I didn't even think about this. I hadn't thought. Of, I haven't watched ET in like 15 years. This might be one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Like I'm just so I'm in awe of Steven Spielberg. So let's add it up. I I gave uh, ET. It, a 34 out of 35, same yeah. as Back to the Future. And I, mean, I, and I gave it a 33, so it ends up with 67, just three points off of a perfect score. That's awesome. And um, and our other... Uh, Super 8, I gave race, a 23. Super 8. 
Yeah, it ends up with a, f- a 47. Out of 70? Not bad. Out of 70. No, not yeah, bad. We almost gave movie. it the exact same score. We were one one point off. Nice. Well, E.T. is the winner. Let us go into very, our accolades Very section, clearly baby. the winner. Ooh. Yeah. It um, is so kind of funny to Let's see Let's give out some awards, is, baby. What? This was a fun episode. It was. It's, I don't know. I liked the match. I liked the pairing of these two movies. I just think it's a funny... like. Oh, I was position. not excited to watch these, and then I fucking watched E.T. and cried. So I'm Neither so happy we. we're doing this. This was one of the ones I had the hardest time getting Julie to watch with me. She was like, really? And I was like, yeah. Did she end she up told liking her, it? She told her sister, and her sister was like, why are you watching E.T., that old shit? What Dude. are you doing that for? We Honestly, like, it's a whole thing. We got. I want to Nick's force do a thing. everyone that's in quarantine to watch ET right now. I think it's like it needs to be rewatched. It's so goddamn good. Yeah, it's um, true. We could all use some kids on bikes in our lives. Did you all give an team? MVP? Who do you think won these movies? Our MVP for today is Kids on Bikes. This podcast is brought to you by Kids on Bikes. Go to kidsonbikes.com and enter promo code facing off to receive $10 off your next kid on a bike. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a tie between kids on bikes and Spielberg. I mean, Spielberg is like Spielberg. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. sometimes I, I want these awards to be funnier, but really still Steven Spielberg's legacy is insane. He also grew up like really close to where I grew up in Saratoga. Really? Yeah. I wrote uh, I actually, my, my original MVP was just aliens. We can be nice. Yeah, and that's all that's I wrote. That's true. Let's not fucking treat them um, aliens less. So, all right, they LVP. Can be nice too. I have a very specific one, so give yours first. Oh, mine was just uh, the government slash military for yeah. so many reasons. Yeah. First and foremost, being Piece how did shit. you not know oh. that the monster in Super Eight was underground? They say that it's a subterranean monster, and then there's a line where one of the children, children, mm. not. Military scientists go, subterranean. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, it's underground, man. I know. Your boy lives underground. Check underground. Sub the Also, they're so terrifying in E.T., but they also save E.T.'s life. So, I don't know. The government slash military. Well, that's true. And it's like, it's kind of a cool scene because they they seem horrible. Well, they they kind of cause E.T. to be like, to fucking die initially. And then, even though he's already sick. But, uh, Their anyway, intentions were good. I have a very specific LVP. It's in Super 8. It's the second-in-command guy in the Air Force who snatches Joe's locket like a little fucking bitch and puts it in his pocket. And then oh, he's yeah. told, even though he's second-in-command, Noah Emmerich tells him to go tag the monster, and then the monster straight up just fucking kills him immediately. And <laughs> that guy's a bitch. He gets killed in like seconds. He's second in command and he's told to go tag the monster like a little I private did, bitch. I did as soon as that scene where he takes the locket, I turned to Julian and I was like, why did he take the locket? He's just what does fun, he need that for? He's just for? an asshole, dude. I hate <laughs> that guy. Literally, um, you're right. It's just to be a dick. Yeah. Um, so he's okay. the LVP and same with the military and their bullshit experiments and, and okay. movies. All right. True. Comeback player of the year. E.T. Because I hated him when I was a kid. Now I don't hate him. Fair. He's not that gross. He just sounds like wet diarrhea walking. So yeah, when we do comeback player of the year, we either do like performance that grows on you over time or performance that grows on you over the movie. I'm going to put the stoner guy who develops film in Super 8 because he goes from being this random side character to actually being one of the people that like helps the kids at the end. And he's so and he funny. Ends up, yeah, he ends up lending so much comedic like... Uh, relief in if the last If you took him out of the movie, of the movie, yeah, it, there would be no humor in the last bit. 
That's so funny. That's uh, so true. Yeah. Great pick. Okay, six man is the award for the person who did the most with the least. <clears throat> wow, I did that right this time. That was uh, perfect. Is I'm, it Drew I have Barrymore? a specific one. No, oh, yeah, I mean, it is Drew Barrymore. Mine is Drew Barrymore. It's, she it's has a lot of screen time, though. Yeah, but I feel like... Build. She does the most with the least for me. Fair. I mean, she's so I she's so young in that movie, and it's like probably one of the cutest child acting performances ever. It's not it's even bothersome. So great. Yeah. I put Greg, who's a random one of the kids, uh, <laughs> the older kids in ET, who does the side of Supremus, and then the thing at the end. I think that kid is so fucking funny. I also might want to give it to the dog in ET that randomly yeah. becomes a big character at the very end. That's so true. Because yeah. he like helps E.T. go up onto the spaceship or whatever. Wow. Dude, That's it. a good one. All right. What's your all all-star right. team? Pick five performances from both of these movies that you would pair against any other performances. Okay. Elliot, E.T., Drew Barrymore, Joe, and Elle Fanning. Not oh, you put Joe very... over Charles. Yeah. Okay. I did. All right. Charles did... is cool, but I think Joe is Joe's an awesome character. Honestly. Yeah, he is. I think, and he it's done really well. Um, yeah, it is. I put I Henry cool. Thomas as uh, Elliot, Drew Barrymore, Dee Wallace as the mom in ET. I think she's incredible in it. Kyle Chandler because I just love Kyle Chandler. He's a great actor. Yeah, and then Riley Griffiths, who's the kid who played Charles. Um, See now, neither of us put in the ninety plus year old woman who smokes multiple cigarettes per day that, that they e. used to take the or to do the uh, the voice for ET, and she's kind of like I couldn't tell in reading the trivia if they like mistreated her by not like giving her as much credit for being the voice of ET as she should have received. Nah, I mean, who cares? But it's just so funny that to like listen to ET and be like, that is the most gnarly old woman saying that. <laughs> Dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> There's just this lady that's 90 years old smoking multiple packs of cigarettes a day, and they're like, you got four hours. We need you to say Elliot. Dude, that- in the weirdest way, a bunch of times in a row, and she was just like, "Idiot!" idiot. She's like the <laughs> she's like the MVP who doesn't even know she's MVP. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I think that is phenomenal. Um, okay, do you Maybe have an infant troopin yeah. uh, infant troopin award for dumbest moment in either? I of just movies? don't like the scene where t- where Elliot kisses the tall girl. I just think it's okay. It's fair. Silly. Mine is Joe. Mine is probably Joe Lamb taking talking down the alien just as it ate people and <laughs> yeah. threw them across a cave to their deaths. You boys got a snack, dude. Okay. Do you He's have got, a best moment? Munchies. Do you have like a favorite moment? Uh, I mean. I'm trying to think uh, for this one. I was trying to think of like the moment that I was like, okay, ET's not so bad. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know what that moment was, but there's something about the first third of ET, the movie, not the, the not the, the alien itself. Yeah. Where were you? Were you starting from the head or the feet? <laughs> yeah. Not the, not the alien, the movie. Something in the first third of that movie like clicked for me, and I was just like, "All right, yeah, he's disgusting, but you know, this is an excellent movie." So I, I don't know, I can't pinpoint it, but the entirety of ET. 
Okay. It's an amazing movie. I love I love the moment when the scientists take over the house. I think it's just really, I, as I said, I think it's like choreography. I think it's like really well mapped out. Um, the bike chase scene is fucking epic. It's so cool. It's like, <laughs> dude, they're like flying off the mountain and stuff. And then later they're like f- literally flying in the air and it's it's beautiful. Or uh, when E.T. dress uh, like gets dressed up in the funniest way and learns how to talk. Oh, God! Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> um, anyways, do you have any recommendations of movies that you think people should watch based on these? Um, not specifically based on these. However, I mean, I guess Cloverfield was. Like, I, wrote I think Cloverfield, Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane. Dude. Yeah, don't watch the third one. The but 10 Cloverfield oh, so, Lane is I remember 10 Cloverfield up. Lane especially is so good. But I hate that people hate Cloverfield. I really liked that movie. Me too. I don't I never but, got it. You, you know, know, the other day Alec, my roommate, he was like, well, not the other day cuz he hasn't been living here for like a month, but uh, I've been alone. Um but the like recently I was talking to him and he he's like I've never seen Ten Cloverfield Lane. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? It's what? so good. John Goodman is so good. He's like, I saw the trailer and I thought it looked like garbage. And I was like, That's one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know. Where they're playing that. the board game and you don't know what the movie's about. Dude, yeah, Ten Cloverfield dude. Lane is like I'm not even I'm not sugarcoating this. It's like an eight or nine out of ten movie for me. I think it's fucking amazing. It's, it's so like a great. really good thriller, and it has one of the coolest lead performances by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, um, yeah. That was my wreck. Is the Cloverfield movies? I put, I put those. Yeah, because they were they were J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves made those movies. Yeah, and yeah. The 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 stylings of Super Eight. You know, J.J. Abrams. It made me think of Cloverfield. Yeah, uh, I also put Paul which is a hilarious movie with Simon Pegg and Seth Rogen and stuff where an alien shows up and it's played by Seth Rogen. It, I thought it was an Edgar Wright movie. It might be an, I know it is an Edgar Wright movie. It's just not part of the Cornetto trilogy. Um, or maybe it's not, Edgar, he produced it or something. It's really funny. It's super dumb, but it's really funny. I love any of those dumb alien movies. Like Mars Attacks is amazing. Um, okay. You can follow us on social media. Oh, actually next week, Nick, Next yeah. week, we are doing, and we're so fucking pumped for this, yeah. and all of you guys who don't like this movie or who haven't seen it, go and do it, Parasite versus Snowpiercer, which is going to be really fun because our opinions may change drastically from our, the first time we saw Snowpiercer. So uh, both of those movies, I think Snowpiercer is on Netflix. Parasite is on Hulu. Yes. And it, the yeah. rest of Bong Joon-ho's early movies are actually on Hulu right now. Um, so go check those out. Including I am so host, excited. The host, which is awesome. I am one. so excited. Uh, you can follow us on that. social media, uh, Instagram.com slash facing off pod. I actually have been putting out movie recommendations during your quarantine period. So go check that out. Um, if you're not already following us uh, and check out the story highlights for that. We're also on Twitter, twitter.com slash facingoffpod. And you could send us an email, facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. If you're a university out there and you want us to plug you, like Southern New Hampshire University. You want us to plug you? If you want us to plug you, we can plug you so good, (laughs) universities. Uh, Send us an email, facingoffpodcast at gmail.com. Nick, do you have a send-off? You are not going as a terrorist. All the guys are. Get it? Your anus. Your anus. Your anus. Your anus.